fall asleep, right? Okay, so if you're excited to be here, then I'm excited to be here. Come on, if you came expecting something, then I'm expecting something. Amen? Come on, I didn't go through all this trouble of getting my hair just right to come this morning. Amen? It takes a lot of work to get this done. I mean, well, good. Got a prayer request this morning, and then I want to give you some good news. But I'll tell you what, let's, let me give you the good news first, and then we'll pray for somebody. How many of you know last Sunday was Miracle Sunday? We received a miracle offering. How many of you would like to know what we received? You'd like to know what you gave? You gave over $5,000 on one Sunday. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. So you know what we're going to do with that? We're going to evict the guy that's living in the apartment. It doesn't take money to do that. <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to do it right. We'll give him a month to find him another place. But while that month is going on, we're going to make preparations to remodel that building because our children's church is blowing up. How many of you would like to know how many kids we had in church last Sunday? Forty-five. Y'all better start inviting some adults. That's all I'm telling you. I don't know what's going on in the kids in the kids ministry, but the kids are getting it. I mean, it's so we're gonna we're gonna blow that room out, that apartment. We're gonna remodel it, dress it up, make it look right, presentable for our kids because we like to do things with excellence, right? So we're going to do that so we can expand. It's just temporary. Amen? That's good news. Now, are you ready to pray for somebody? Say with me, say, Richard Bro. He's having open-heart surgery in a week, and he needs us to pray for him. Can we do that this morning? Can we pray for Richard? Can we believe that God's going to do something in his life? Listen, doctors are great, but Jesus is the greatest. Amen? Jesus can heal him before he even gets to the doctor. All we got to do is what? Ask him and believe. It's simple. Come on. Extend your hands towards this cause. We're going to ask Jesus to heal Richard this morning. Father, we pray right now for Richard, Lord. We pray that you would heal him, that you would touch him, that you would make him whole again. Heal his heart, Father. Open up the veins and the arteries and everything that needs to be opened up, Father, and just touch his life right now. Show him your miracle-working power. And we just claim that over his life, healing in his heart. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So come on, you ready this morning? I mean, we ought to be like, like some little frisky dogs. You know how your dog gets when the weather changes, right? They get a little spunky, right? And they bounce on this man. Our big old lab, she's like bouncing all over the place. I feel the same way. I just don't bounce all over the place, right? Maybe that's what you're going through this morning. So I'll I just believe that, okay? Well, this morning we got a, a message entitled, hang on to your seats, How to Kill a Pig. You ready for this? You're going to learn this morning how to kill a pig. Look at your name and say, we're going to learn how to kill a pig. Did you know how to kill a pig? Cut his throat. That's, that's very good. <laughs> that's step one. <laughs> but you know we're getting ready to embark on Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving's four days away. Now, now what's big about Thanksgiving? Food. I mean, I'm into more than just turkey. Come on. Somebody's in the spirit. Food. Family. What else? Fun, hopefully. Football. Friends. And hopefully no feuding. Right? That's all the F's of Thanksgiving. Hopefully no feuding. But Thanksgiving is a great time for us, right? It's a time for us to go and just, just give thanks for God, which we should always be thankful. But as America, this is a time where we celebrate as a nation Thanksgiving. When the pilgrims came over and they, were, they found the promised land, basically, in the U.S., and they gave thanks for what they had. It didn't matter what they had. They gave thanks for what they had. You see, you got to get that about Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter what you have. You need to be thankful for what you got. It's not how much, how shiny, or how valuable it is. It's that you got something to be thankful for. Amen? 
So somehow or another this morning, we're going to tie in how to kill a pig with Thanksgiving. Okay. Go with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark 5. Y'all better watch out. I brought out my old sword this morning. I'm going to preach from the New King James. Mark chapter 5. starting at verse 1. You remember the story of the demon-possessed man that Jesus healed? We're going to rename him this morning. We're going to call him Naked Boy. Say Naked Boy. Verse 1, They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, say tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Wow. What a life. A life in the tombs. He's living in the tombs and in the mountains. Could you say he's an outcast? Could you say he was rejected? Could you say he was kind of shunned or pushed away from his family? Huh? He's living in the tombs. The Bible says that he's possessed by a devil, by a demon. Are you with me? He's got shackles and he's got chains and people have tried to bind him. They've tried to tame him. They've done everything possible to try and fix Naked Boy, but they can't. So Naked Boy ends up living in the tombs, in the graveyard. How many of you want to go live in the graveyard? You feel led? Anybody? I didn't think so. He's living in the mountains. You know what the tombs represent? They represent death. He was living among the dead. He was living in the mountains, the Bible says, dwelling, just kind of dwelling, making his his way about life, cutting himself, screaming, cussing, hollering. You heard me, uh, some of you may have heard me tell the story of of a guy in Jennings named Queet. He's a big African-American guy, and he lives on the streets, and I mean, he's, he's lost a lot of weight lately, but he used to be like big. And he walks the streets, and he talks to himself, and he makes all kind of just gestures and all this kind of stuff. And so one day I'm on my way to church and I got a $20 bill in my pocket and I've been praying, Lord, where do you want me to put this 20? And, and so I'm, I'm trying to get to worship practice and I'm in a hurry and I'm coming down the street and I see Queet walking down the street, middle of the winter, short pants on. So I pull my truck over and I mean, he's getting it going down the sidewalk and I say, hey, Queet! And he turns around and he starts cussing me. Not cursing, cussing. He called me a big old Cherokee. That one kind of throws like, it's kind of like, beep, beep, you no good, beep, 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 you big old Cherokee. And I was like, Cherokee? I heard all the other words before, but I've never been called a Cherokee. I said, hey, man, I want to bless you, man. I just got this, beep, 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 and he kept on walking. And about a year or two later, I seen Queed. I was at one of the places in downtown Jennings at one, one, one store, and I'm outside. And he's walking on the opposite side of the street, and he sees me. And it's like the story continues. Here comes the rest, you know, Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. He keeps cussing me. Beep, 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 beep. I'm like, man, I'm just trying to give you a 20. Is that not enough? I mean, are you mad? I didn't want to give you a 100. I mean, what's... But he's known for that. And he walks the streets. And I'm believing for Queet. From that day forward, I'm believing for him. I had visions of laying my hands on him, casting the devil out of him. Naked boy was like that. He was rejected. He was chained. He would cut himself. Now, that just ain't right, huh? Didn't you go to cutting yourself? Going to do, when you get to the point where you start doing physical harm to your body, are you with me? The Bible says he was demon possessed. Naked boy. 
lived among the tombs. His dwelling was there. That's where, that was his place. Naked, no clothing. Can you imagine that? I had a Mexican that worked for me at one time, and he, he told me a story about when the, the Mexican cartel started getting real bad in Mexico. He just bought, he worked and saved and bought him a brand new truck, and he drove across the border to go see his family. And as soon as he gets across the border a little ways, the, the cartel stops him. They pull the guns on him. They take everything he's got, including the clothes he's wearing. And he said, they left me on side the road naked. He said, they could have had my truck. They could have had everything I own. Just please, please leave me my clothes. Could you imagine going to ask for help? Through a hide in the bushes. <laughs> Can you help me? Why are you hiding in them bushes? He was naked. It was insulting. Can you imagine how he thought about himself? <laughs> the tombs represent places we hide or, or escape to. And it's funny how when people come after us for good, and I say come after us, people come and they want to bless us or show us the goodness of God. If you're like naked boy and you've got a demon possession or you're influenced by demonic powers, what do you want to do? You want to go hide, right? Because darkness can't be with light. So now you know when you go Thursday for Thanksgiving and some of your family members that aren't saved and they might be demon possessed, if they don't talk to you and they go walking outside when you come inside, don't get offended. Amen? Now watch this in verse 6. When Jesus saw him from afar, I'm sorry, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you or I beg you, by God, that you do not torment me. Now this is the demonic spirit speaking through the man. Do not torment me, for he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. So Jesus arrives on the scene. He shows up in a boat. He steps out of the boat, and naked boy comes running. What are you doing here? Please don't come torment me. Well, wasn't he already tormented? Right? Day and night tormented? Why are you coming to torment me? And Jesus said, come out of him, you unclean spirit. And watch what Jesus does. He asks him what his name is. What's your name? And the demon responds, legion, for we are many. Isn't that crazy? Had many demons inside this man. No wonder he was cutting himself. No wonder he was living in the tombs. Right? He begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. I wonder why. In other words, the demons were saying, please don't send us away from this area. Don't send us away from the Gadarenes. By the way, the word Gadarenes, the city... It, the, the word, the name actually means ten cities. So when you read that Gadarenes, it means ten cities. There were actually ten cities all around each other. And these demons, I guess, were responsible for the cities. And so please don't send us away from this region or from these cities. It's what the demon asked. So watch what Jesus does. Verse 11. Now a large herd of swine, pigs was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once, in other words, right away, Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Wow. 
Isn't it funny? And let me ask you this. Don't you find it funny that Jesus has no problem putting the demons in the pigs? You want to know why? Because pigs were considered unclean animals. If you go back to the Old Testament, the Bible actually says that you should not eat pigs. Because they were unclean. And I was just thinking about buying a couple piglets and start raising some pigs. Later on in the Bible, Jesus says everything I've cleansed and you can eat some pig. Okay. Some of you are like, whoo, man, I ain't got room for 2,000 more demons in my life. Some of you were sweating it, wasn't you? I can see the look in your eyes. You're like, man, I was eating some ribs last night. Demon ribs. No wonder I was burping all night. Demons in them ribs. Sometimes ribs can be demonic when they're too good. So all these pigs take off running into the sea. Isn't that crazy? I mean, doesn't this like seem not normal? And it all started when, when what? When Jesus showed up on the scene. Right? Jesus pulls up in the boat, gets out of the boat. And now all of a sudden, naked boy's life has changed. Wow. All Jesus did was show up. Naked boy came running. And all of a sudden, naked boy set free. Naked boy who was once unclean is now clean. Are you seeing what's happening? When Jesus shows up in your life, the unclean areas of your life get real nervous. Because we all hide something. Amen. We're all hiding something. Amen. If you're not shaking your head, you're lying. Amen. We're all hiding something. It might be an attitude. It might be a fear. It might be something different than that it might be an addiction some of you might be hiding something that you see with your eyes that you hear with your ears some of you might be hiding some things that you speak with your mouth come on and all Jesus has to do is show up Jesus steps on the scene of your life and nerves, emotions, attitude, and motives get real shaky. Amen. Listen, you know when the spirit of Jesus is in the house, right? You get the old shoots all of a sudden, don't you? Every time I hear Pastor Jim LaFoon's coming around, I go, oh, shoot. Can I be honest with you? I start living a little bit better. I'm just being real, okay? Because the last thing I want is to be sitting on the front row in church when Pastor Jim's there, and he says, now Pastor Jim's not going to say it in front of everybody, but when he does this, and he whispers in your ear, we know. <laughs> we all know what's going on, right? You just got busted. Right? The pigs represent unclean areas of your life. Jesus shows his feelings towards the pigs. He don't care about the pigs. He had no problem putting the demonic in the pigs because the pigs were considered unclean. Remember this, unclean belongs with unclean. Verse 14, watch this. So all these pigs, they go running down into the sea. 2,000 pigs go running down into the sea and they die. Verse 14, so those who fed the swine fled. (laughs) The people that were raising the pigs took off running. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) And they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed, and he had the legion, and had the legion sitting Underline that, clothed, underline that, and in his right mind, and watch this, and they were afraid. 
So everybody in the city, all these people in the city that the, the shepherds of the pigs went running and telling them what happened, everybody comes running down to the shore to see Naked Boy and to see what happened to Naked Boy and to see if the pigs were really gone. Are you following me? There's something about Jesus that attracts people. There should be something about your life that attracts people. That should be the spirit of Jesus living inside of you. Amen. So they come running down and they see naked boy or once naked boy sitting. Sitting. Now when you're sitting, you're usually not real nervous, huh? See, when I get nervous, I tend to walk around. I knew a guy one time when he's nervous and he talks on the phone, he'll walk all the way down the street. I'm like, where's he going? So he was sitting. And the Bible says he was clothed. Amen, praise God. Praise God, we all got clothes this morning. Amen. And then the Bible says that he was in his right mind. Wow. Big difference between dwelling in the graveyard and the mountains and cutting yourself and breaking chains and shackles and all this stress going on in his life. There's a big difference between that and sitting. Some of you, when you gave your life to Jesus, you were just like demon boy. You were a nervous wreck. You couldn't get anything right. You were always stressed out. You had no peace, nothing. Right? And you met Jesus, and all of a sudden you had peace. Come on, do you remember that day? Man, we got to remember that day when we met Jesus, and peace came into our lives. And freedom came. Don't ever forget the day you met Jesus. You're going to need to remember that for the rest of your life. You don't need to forget who you were. They come running down. And the guy that they kicked out of the city and they rejected and they tried to beat him straight. They tried to cuss him straight. They tried to bring him to therapists. They tried to get him counseling. They tried to do all these things to him to fix him. They come running down and he'd been living in the tombs and in the mountains, cutting himself, buck naked. They come running down and he's sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. Why? Because he met Jesus. He met Jesus. I believe in counseling. I believe in, in sitting down and working with people. And I believe in all those things. Are you with me? But I definitely believe in the power of Jesus' presence. It surpasses all understanding. You can't wrap your minds around it. Because when you have an experience with Jesus, nobody can rationalize it. Nobody can argue it. I remember the day I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was one of the most radical days of my life. I laid on the floor in the middle of a church. In a puddle of, of sweat and blood and not blood, sweat and snot and tears, and it was disgusting, but it represented my life. And I met Jesus. And my life changed. Are you hearing me? I came up out of that puddle of junk and I wiped myself off. And I hadn't been the same since. There's something that burns inside of me. Do I make mistakes? Heck yeah. Do I want to punch people from now and then? Heck yeah. Pray for me. <laughs> but there's something different inside of me. Are you hearing me? Since the day I met Jesus. They come running down and they see naked boys sitting. All three of those represent something. He was sitting. Sitting represents he was humbled. He was free. He was not tormented and living in peace. It also represents that he was under authority. Because you see, when you sit at somebody's feet, it's a sense of bowing down. 
He was sitting at the feet of Jesus. He was under authority. And the Bible says that he was clothed. That means that he had protection and he found his security in Jesus. Amen? Your security should not be in the government. It should not be in the president. You know how many Christians I saw this week walking around, bummed out, dragging their lips because Obama got re-elected? One guy wanted to slap him. I'm like, dude, is life really that bad? Is your hope in Obama? Because if it is, you're in trouble. Your security is found in Jesus and Jesus only. Just like Cody said, they can, they, they can take your job, the, job, the government can shut your job down, somebody can come and threaten to fire you, they can walk in and fire you, it don't matter if your security is found in Jesus. Amen? You don't worry about tomorrow when your security is found in Jesus. Right? It's easy to worry, isn't it? I said, it's easy to worry, isn't it? And the Bible says that he was in his right mind. That represents right thinking, clear thoughts, understanding. I remember when I was, I was smoking dope all the time, and it was the hardest thing for me to get rid of was dope. I, I let the alcohol go, the pornography go, all those other things go. That was easy. But the dope was the hardest one to let go. And I remember I got to the point, and I would listen, I was going to church, smoking dope. I was, I told you about my story about my radio that broke down and had a DC talk cassette stuck in, cassette, <laughs> stuck in it. And I'm listening to Jesus Freak rolling down the road. <laughs> Say that I'm a Jesus Freak. <laughs> That's who I was. I had a hard time letting that go. I wanted to, but I couldn't. One day I said, Lord, please take it from me because I can't let it go myself. Make me hate it. And you know what happened? I started hating the way I couldn't get a clear thought out. If you've ever been high, you know what that's like. You're like, and I hated it. You're nervous all the time. And that's what eventually made me sick of it. And I was just like, let that go. He put me in my right mind. Come on. I got to start thinking clearly. How many people you know that don't think clearly? Come on. They come to you with their 911 emergency. Right? They run in like a day going shipwreck. <laughs> Pastor, oh my God, my marriage is going to, oh, my job, I'm about to lose my job. Oh. And you're going, this is 10 minutes before church starts. You want to go. <clears throat> They're not in their right mind. Amen. Naked boy was in his right mind after he met Jesus. He was sitting. He was under authority. He was clothed. He found a security in Jesus. He met the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it changed his life. Amen. This is a great story. Let's see what happens to the people. So those who fed the swine fled and they took it and they, and they told it in the city and in the country and they went out to see what, is, what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind And the Bible says they were afraid. Wow. They were afraid. Well, weren't they happy for naked boy? Number one, they should have been happy that he found clothes. Right? Yes, naked boy found some clothes. The Bible says they were afraid. I wonder why they were afraid. And those who saw it, told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the pigs. 
Watch this, verse 17. Then they began to plead with him, talking about Jesus, to depart from their region. Wow. Wow. I mean, come on, Jesus just came in and healed the freak of the town. Set him free. Clothed him. Gave him peace. And they're they're afraid? And they're saying, please, get, just get away from us. Maybe they were hiding something. It's funny, they were all talking about Naked Boy at Sunday after church. How bad Naked Boy was doing, but when Jesus shows up and heals Naked Boy, they all get scared, huh? That's usually called religious folk. They run around saying, praise the Lord, Hallelujah. They're all surface, and they don't ever get real with anybody. Amen? So the people begged Jesus to leave. Now watch this. Verse 18, and when he got into the boat, Jesus is leaving. He just showed up. Why is he leaving? Because they begged him to leave. Jesus don't want to be where he's not wanted. You know, there was only one town that Jesus could not perform miracles in. That was his hometown. Because they had no honor for him. You see, the crazy thing about God and about Jesus is that they don't just come in and take over your life. Are you hearing me? They want an invitation. They want you to say it. That's the thing about Jesus. Is he don't want to just come running in and do it. I mean, how many of you want to go do something or go be somewhere or go help somebody that don't like you? Jesus gets back in the boat and he's leaving. Huh? This is Jesus. He's got all authority on earth and in heaven. And when he got into the boat, he who had been once naked, now clothed, begged him that he might be with him. Naked boy, so touched, so blown back by his experience with Jesus, that now he just wants to follow Jesus, right? That's when you know you've really been touched by Jesus and you really met Jesus, is when you go from trying to follow yourself to following Jesus, That's when you go from worrying about yourself and you go to worrying about his kingdom. Are you hearing me? You want to know how you're doing spiritually? How your maturity goes? See who you're worrying about. Amen. However, Jesus did not permit him. But he said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. Wow. You know the first place you're supposed to minister. After you meet Jesus is your home. My wife will testify to you the day after I met Jesus. Things got different. Amen. Things changed. Jesus wants you to go home, and then he wants you to tell your friends. There's a reason he gave you those friends. For you to share the good news with them. Right? Now, come on, there's a new restaurant that opened up down the street. I ain't going to say the name of it. But several people that I know have gone eat there. And I've got one couple that that's the best place you can ever eat. And I've got another couple that says they'll never go back. Isn't that something? Isn't it funny how when we get good news, right, what do we want to do? We want to share it with everybody, right? Somebody says, man, I'm hungry for a steak. Man, you got to go to Outback. Not the one in Lake Charles because they burn them all the time. You go to the one in Lake, you see how it works? 
You don't order it medium well because they tend to overcook it one step. So you order it medium rare. When people have good news, they want to give you all the details, right? Come on. Black Friday's coming. And I hope you don't say amen. For your your family's sake. But everybody's whispering now, right? How many of you have been taking phone calls, Facebook, text messages? Man, I heard that Best Buy's got 42-inch plasmas for $3. (laughs) Oh, girl, I'm going wait in line tonight. Right? We tell everybody. I mean, you're texting people in New York City. Hey, Best Buy. I don't know if it works over there, but it's working over here. $3. Right? We're spreading the news, right? Come on, something great happens to you. You want to tell everybody, right? You lose some weight. You lose a bunch of weight. What happens? You start tucking your shirt in. You see, you go, no, when I lose weight, I start tucking my shirt in. And what do you do? You go walking around. You get you some new duds, right? And you want to show off a little bit, and you just kind of walk with your chest poked. I got a little swag about you. Come on. You know how it is. You lose a little weight. Maybe you build a little muscle or something. You kind of just, what's up? How y'all doing? You see me acting like that, you need to ask me how much weight I lost, because then I'll stop acting like that, okay? It's the quickest way to shut me down. But we have good news, and we want to share it, Right? Naked boy who was living in the tombs and in the mountains and he was cutting himself, sleeping in the rocks, buck naked with the critters. He meets Jesus and his life is set free and he's clothed, sitting in his right mind. And he wants to go follow Jesus, right? But what was Jesus' response? Basically what Jesus told him, if you want to follow me, stay and go home. Go home and tell your friends, Right? So watch what naked boy does. I'm I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. Verse 20, and he departed and began to proclaim, say proclaim, in Decapolis and all that Jesus, all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. So he did exactly what Jesus said to do, right? Jesus said, go home and tell your friends all that the Lord has done for you. In other words, Jesus said, go and be a witness of what you've seen. Amen? So he does. The Bible says he goes and he proclaims. You can proclaim with your mouth. Amen? In the Old Testament, when people began to proclaim, they began to talk about how good God was. They would sometimes sing it. Now, I'm not telling you to go to work singing, I met the Lord this weekend. I'm not telling you to do that. <laughs> they might not believe you. But they began to proclaim it is what he began to do. And all the people that were once afraid were now amazed. Wow. Go with me to 1 John chapter 2, starting at verse 5. Verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. Amen. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That in a nutshell is what happened to Naked Boy. He met Jesus. And Jesus cleansed him. Are you hearing me? Jesus cleansed him. And he now walks in the light. No longer in the darkness. He went home. That's an amazing thing. 
he went home and he proclaimed what God had done for him. Isn't that awesome? Do you know that's why Jesus took the boat and went across the sea? For that one purpose? Maybe that's why Jesus left when they begged him to leave. It's because he knew that he did something. It's funny, he didn't go after the mayor or the governor or the rich people. You hearing me? He went after the worst one. Some of you were the worst one. Amen? Go back with me to Mark. How many of you want to hear the Paul Harvey rest of the story? Huh? Y'all want to hear the rest of the story? Go with me to chapter 6 in Mark. Mark chapter 6. Starting at verse 53. This is amazing. Naked boy gets transformed. He gets sent home. He begins to proclaim what the Lord has done for him. People begin to marvel that were once afraid. And I don't know how much time it was. But in verse 53, it says this. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. That's the same thing as Gadarenes, okay? And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him. Ran through the whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. It's funny. Jesus touched one. That one went and told everybody what Jesus did. And Jesus comes back a little later. And just like naked boy came running to Jesus when he got out the boat, all the people came running to Jesus with the sick, with those that were hurting, with all these other people. They came running because why? They recognized Jesus. Now, not everybody got to see Jesus the day naked boy was delivered. But they recognized him. Why? Because of naked boy's description of him. Are you hearing me? Could you imagine what it was like? He goes back to his house. He walks in. He goes, Mom and Dad, I've been set free. I'm sorry for what I put you through. Please forgive me. But I met this man. You know how he's about this tall. You know how we are. He was wearing a, a, a dirty robe. And his sandals were kind of broke down looking. And he's with a bunch of fishermen and they all smell bad. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know how we give descriptions? And then he tells his parents what happened. Then he goes to his friends and he tells the same story. He proclaims what the Lord had done for him. So when Jesus comes back, all the people recognize him. The question is, is are you proclaiming Jesus in a way that when people meet him, they can recognize him? Jesus comes back and the same people that begged him to leave are now begging him that they could just please let me touch the hem of your garment. You know the hem is on the lowest part of his clothing? Meshach, your hem is down here. Way down here. They just wanted to touch the hem of his garment. They laid the sick in the marketplaces hoping that he would just pass on by and something would fall off of him. Why'd that happen? Because naked boy was thankful for what Jesus did in his life. When you remember where you came from and you remember what the Lord had done for you, you begin to get thankful. It's kind of like Pastor Josh said, when you've been in church so long, sometimes you just kind of forget and you get mundane about your relationship with Jesus. But we should never be mundane with Jesus. 
Amen? We've got to know who we are, where we came from, what he's done for us. You know what that does? That stirs you up on the inside. Amen? It begins to get you going again, get your blood pumping. When, you, when somebody comes to you and you hadn't told your testimony in forever, hey, Uncle Jamie, how'd you get saved? Wow, that's a good question. Man, you begin to tell that story again. We should never stop proclaiming what Jesus has done. Amen? Thankful people give. You know the cool thing about the naked boy? Was that he was freely given and he freely gave. It's a simple truth. If you'll do what God tells you to do, you'll see him do the impossible. Amen? You'll see him do the impossible. Thankful people proclaim the goodness of God. Amen? Can you stand up with me this morning? If you don't want to, that's fine. For some of you here, you've never met Jesus. You've never had an encounter with Jesus. You've never been saved. You've never given your life to Christ. I want to give you an opportunity today to do that. Amen? So in a minute, we're going to pray. And when I pray, I just want you to step out of your seat. If you want to meet Jesus, step out of your seat. And I want you to come forward, and I'll pray for you. And I'll help introduce you to the, the man that changed my life. Amen? Some of you, or others of you, are here this morning, and you've been in church for a long time, and it, it has become mundane. It happens easily, doesn't it? Maybe this morning you need prayer, that God would just blow a fresh fire and a fresh wind in you. I want you to come forward and I'll pray for you this morning. Can we lift our hands? Father, we thank you for this morning. Right now as I'm praying, I just want you to, if you, if you want to meet Jesus, you want to give your life to Christ, you just come forward. Lord, we just, we just thank you so much for what you've given to us, Father. Freely you've given. Help us to freely give, Lord. With a thankful heart. Always grateful for what you've done in our lives. Father, help us to be grateful people, thankful people, people that proclaim, Father. May your name never leave our mouth. Lord, may it never not leave our mouth, Father. May we always proclaim the name of Jesus wherever we go. May we always tell of the goodness of God. Father, for those that are lost today, those that have never met you and given their lives to you, Father, those that have never had an experience like the demon-possessed boy, Father, I pray for that today. For those of us, Father, that have we've become mundane, Lord, it's kind of become common. We're just looking forward to what's going to be on TV after church or what we're going to eat. Lord, set us on fire. Light us up, Father. Set us on fire, Lord. Set us on fire, Father, right now. Lord, I pray. I pray, Lord, and I thank you. That, Father, you're going to do something incredible in us. Thank you, Lord. Just keep praying.
There's something that the Lord's been showing me lately. I just feel like I need to share it this morning. There's something in the church, and it's in every church. It's actually in every believer, I believe. We struggle with knowing who we are and who we belong to. And that's why we we bow down to these certain little stupid things, right? That's why when a, a little breeze comes along against us, we tend to freak out, right? It's because we forget who we are. It's why we're we're nervous to share the gospel. It's why we're scared to proclaim of God's goodness in our workplace, in our homes, and in our with our friends. It's because we forget who we are. Are you hearing me? I believe when the church begins to know who they are, you're going to see cities come to Christ. You're going to see regions come to Christ. You'll see your boss give his life to Christ. You'll see the hoodlums in your neighborhood giving their lives to Christ. When you remember who you are and you know who you are. We've been talking the last several weeks about you're a royal priesthood. A chosen people. Just like Jesus chose Naked Bar to go and proclaim the gospel in the Gadarenes, he's chosen you, every one of you, to be his representative in your region. Don't forget that, that you're a chosen people. You are hand-selected by God to do his work in the area that you live in. There's nothing holding you back except yourself. That's why addictions are so hard to break sometimes. It's because we forget who we are, right? Listen, when you remember that you're a child of God, it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. You push that thing to the side and you say, get away from me. You get sick of it. Man, Jesus has plans for you. Even before you were born, the Bible says that he had a plan for your life. He's got a rolled up blueprint that already has your life marked out in it. He knows the number of hairs on your head. On my chin. He knows how you're made. He knows what upsets you. He knows what makes you happy. I don't know if that means anything, but I just, for somebody in here, you haven't been doing what God's called you to do because you've forgotten who you are in Christ. I'm going to say it straight. You've forgotten who you are in Christ. You haven't, you haven't started that ministry. You haven't spoken to that person. You haven't proclaimed the news to that person that God told you to proclaim it to because you've forgotten who you are in Christ. There's nothing to be ashamed about. This whole family right here this morning just received the hope of the world. They received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the whole family. Come on. Chosen. Royal priesthood. People set apart. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you that you've called us by name. You've chosen us, Lord. You've called us a royal priesthood, Father. You've clothed us. You've put a ring on us. You've put sandals on our feet, Father. You've seated us under your authority, Lord. You give us security. Father, you give us a clear mind and right thinking, Lord, and we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you've done in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Give somebody a hug or a high five. Tell them you're glad to see them. Praise God. Have a great week.